Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the Curtain Jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is UFC Vegas 47. We got Sean Strickland versus Jack Hermanson in the main event. But, of course, those of you who frequent the show know we will not be talking about that matchup or any of the other fights on this weekend's main card. No, 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 because this is the prelim primer where we're just here to break down the early portion of the card. Now, for those of you who might be new to the show and asking yourself, why just the early portion of the card? Why not break down the whole thing or the, the fights people really care about? The answer is really simple. The answer is we know you guys know who Sean Strickland and Jack Hermanson are, and we know you know a lot of these people on the main card. But there's probably a lot of names on the prelims that you're not familiar with, and that's where there's a lot of money to be won, whether you're playing daily fantasy sports, you're gambling, or hey, maybe you just want to win that pick'em contest. Now, before I get down to breaking out down the prelims for you, I have to let you know that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by the All-Star app. These days, there are more previews, recaps, analysis, and podcasts than you can shake a stick at. It's all too much, and when you're looking to get that edge and some extra insight, it can be really hard to block out the noise from what really matters. And that's why you should download the All-Star app, because they provide you with expert commentary from some of the most respected names in the sports world, and all of that incredible content is packaged in an intuitive fully interactive app right there in the palm of your hands all for free there's tons of other great features that i'll tell you about a little bit later on but for right now just go download the all-star app in either the google play store the app store or by visiting the allstar.io now usually this is where i would introduce to you the co-host for this week's show um but due to some scheduling conflicts with uh my co-host for this week i'm gonna be riding solo so I'm just going to get you right away started on the breakdowns for this week's show. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, we start by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Miles Johns and John Castaneda. So, Johns is on a two-fight winning streak. He's got back-to-back knockouts over Anderson Dos Santos and Kevin Natividad. Castaneda, meanwhile, after losing his debut to Nathaniel Wood, has knocked out Eddie Wineland, although that was all the way back last February, and that's the win he's coming off of. So they're both coming off of knockout wins, and really, when I'm breaking down this fight, I I think it really should be fireworks. Both of these guys have shown that they have incredible knockout power, and I'm not just talking about the recent ones, the Anderson Dos Santos and the Natividad for Johns, and the Eddie Wineland one for Castaneda, but if you go back in their records, and if you've watched them fight, they are guys who throw with lots of power. So there's a chance that this turns into a firefight. And if it does, you know, it's kind of up in the air of who I would pick here. If, if this turns into just trading bombs back and forth, I, I think it gives uh, Castaneda more of a chance than he would have otherwise, which is why you see Miles Johns here is a, a pretty substantial favorite. I'm, I'm seeing him at negative 200 in a lot of places. So the, the question is, is will Johns allow it to devolve into that? I actually don't think so. I I think he's going to fight a little bit smarter than that. Um, He's going to be a little bit more technical. I actually think he's got a wrestling advantage here that he could lean on. And when all is said and done, I I think if they do just throw bombs back and forth while it's closer to being even, I'd still do like Miles Johns. So my official prediction on this fight is I'm going to take Miles Johns. I'm going to say he gets the knockout too. Um, Possibly even a TKO a little bit later on, but I think he's going to get the finish of Castaneda here. And that brings me to the second fight, which is Hakeem Daudou versus Mike Trezano. So Daudou lost his five-fight winning streak his last time out. That's right, he was on a five-fight winning streak. Uh, he lost it to Movsar Evloev. That fight was in July of last year. Mike Trezano, meanwhile, after losing to Grant Dawson in his debut, he rebounded by beating Ludovic Klein back in May. So he is coming off of that win. Now, 
Trezano, it's an interesting thing because like Trezano in this case is probably the better wrestler. Um, and, and Hakeem Daudu is coming off of a loss to a guy who out wrestled him. Um, so while Trezano, uh, has like a little bit of a wrestling background and has that capabilities, he actually hasn't been using it very much late lately. And I think it's probably unlikely that he's going to follow that path Evloev set. So whether or not he has the abilities, whether or not he, uh, uses the abilities, maybe different things. Um, and even if he tries, I, I think he's probably like not seasoned and tested enough in his wrestling that it'll work here against Dawudu. So with that being said, I, I think this play, this fight takes place mostly on the feet, which is just an absolute nightmare for Mike Trezano. I, I don't think he's got what it takes to trade with Dawudu, and and I don't think he's going to have a very good time on the feet. So I'm going Dawudu here. I actually think Trezano is tough enough to survive. Uh, maybe a little bit of that wrestling tires Dawudu out a little bit and uh, maybe pushes him deeper into the fight than he would otherwise be. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Dawudu here by decision. Uh, and that brings me to my third fight, which is Jelton Almeida versus Danilo Marquez. Almeida, 14-2, making his UFC debut. He beat Nasrudin Nasrudinov by Renee Choke on the Contender Series back in September. He's going to be fighting Danilo Marquez, excuse me, who won his first two fights in the UFC, but lost to Kennedy Zuchuku by TKO back in June uh, to lose that winning streak. So he's 2-1 in the UFC overall. Now, the interesting thing about this one, Marquez in his three UFC fights, including the one he lost to Kennedy Zuchuku, looked phenomenal in the grappling department. He, he's looked really stellar in taking people down, holding people down. I mean, he submitted Mike Rodriguez. Uh, he almost had Kennedy Zuchuku submitted before he kind of tired out. The problem in this fight for me and, and what makes this analysis so very simple is Jelton is just a far superior wrestler. He's a far superior grappler. I think he's going to take Danilo Marquez down whenever he wants to. And the thing is, is I don't even think he needs to. If he chooses to keep it standing, Kennedy Zuchuku finished Danilo Marquez on the feet. I actually think Jelton Almeida could do so too. So I'm going to go Jelton Almeida here. I actually think he gets it done with a TKO, probably in ground and pound. Um, maybe he takes the back, is looking for a submission, doesn't get it, and pounds uh, Marquez out. And I'm going to say he gets it done in the first round. So, with that being said, those three fights wrap up our first round. I'm going to take a quick break. I am going to give you a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with round number two. All right, guys, one of my favorite features of the All-Star app, got to be the player bios. Say you're looking to do a little research on an upcoming fight between, I don't know, Brian Battle and Treshawn Gore. Well, you can click on that fight, which is really easy to find in their scores tab. And not only are you going to get when the fight's happening, but you're going to get the opening and current lines for the fight. So you'll be able to see the movement and where the money's coming in on. You'll also see it for overs and unders. And, and you'll actually get far more than betting lines too, because the app has got their pro records dating all the way back to their debuts and so much more information about each and every fighter. So if you think this is something that could help you out, go download the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store, the App Store, or by visiting the theallstar.io. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Chidi Chidi Bang Bang Njikawani versus Mark Andre Barrio, also known as Power Bar. So... 
We'll start with Ejikwani, who's 20-7 making his debut. 27 fights it took him to get to the UFC. Of course, he had bouts at Bellator and all kinds of other high-level promotions in the meantime, including the Contender Series, where he fought back in September and won his contract over Mario Souza with a ground-and-pound finish in the third round. Marc-Andre Berrio, meanwhile, lost his first three fights in the UFC, somehow got another one, and he's won three straight since then. Uh, one of those did get overturned into a no contest due to a positive uh, test for some things that should not have been in his system. But uh, he followed that now no contest up with two more wins. So three wins, once in the cage. Uh, but one of them, you know, not officially on the record as a win. Most recently, he picked up a decision win over Dolce Lugiambula. That fight was back in September. So... If we look at this fight, the interesting facet to me is how Marc-Andre Berrio has been winning those fights. Marc-Andre Berrio is a guy who uh, is incredibly durable. He takes a lot of punishment and just keeps moving forward, and he sets an incredible pace. Um, it's I think part of what made Dana White want to give him a fourth shot in the UFC is that a guy who puts a pace on like that is always exciting to watch. And, and he's willing to stand and trade, and he's willing to mix it up a little bit. So... That's the really cool thing about Marc-Andre Berrio. Here's the bad news, though. He's fighting a guy who's going to hit him really hard. Chidi Njikawani is a guy with great kickboxing background. You might remember his brother from his time in the UFC a long, long time ago. Rather, uh, Anthony Njikawani. He was in WEC as well and things like that. But Chidi Njikawani has got tons of knockouts on his record. And never just like, you know, nobodies and, and people you've never heard of before, but... He's been knocking out dudes that you've heard of. I mean, like, he's got to win over Max Griffin. He, you know, he beat Melvin Gillard. He, he beat Andre Fialho. Like, he's beaten dudes you've heard of. So, you know, I really love Njikwani here. I think he probably, you know, deals with the onslaught of Marc-Andre Berrio because he can deal with that kind of pressure. And I think he hits too hard. I actually think he's going to knock out Marc-Andre Berrio. I'll say in the second round. And that brings me to my second fight here in the second round, which is Jason, the Vanilla Gorilla Wit versus the Fresh Prince, Philip Rowe. So, Wit has alternated wins and losses in the UFC over his last four fights. Most recently, though, he picked up a very badly needed win over Brian Barberena. That was by decision back in July. Rowe, meanwhile, on the other hand, 1-1 one one in the UFC. He's coming off of a TKO of Orion Kosuke. That also was back in July. So... Here's the interesting facet of this one is that we got to see Wit that last time out look way better. Now, granted, the, the fight before he beat Brian Barberena, he had gotten knocked out in just 16 seconds by Matt Samelisberger. So we really didn't get to see much of that fight. It would have been interesting, actually, to see how Samelisberger and him wrestled. It would have been really telling. But we actually got a really good view of Jason Wit after that in his wrestling with Brian Barberena. He, he wrestled Brian Barberena up really good, and it wound up winning him some rounds that we didn't think he was going to win, and ultimately a fight that a lot of people didn't think he was going to win. So, yeah, I'm really impressed with Jason Witt's wrestling. And the the interesting facet here against Philip Rowe is that Rowe likes jiu-jitsu scrambles and matches. Like, he, he gets into, you know, jiu-jitsu, not tournaments, but, like, super fights and stuff like that all the time. So he, he trusts his jiu-jitsu. So it'll be interesting to see, does he, if he concedes a takedown, does he just try to work from there, which I think would be a huge nightmare, or does he try to get back up where he's going to have a 10-inch reach advantage or some ridiculous thing like that? He's very long-limbed versus, you know, Jason Wynn, who's, who's like, you know, he's built like a wrestler. So it, it'll be very interesting to see how Roe reacts to that, and ultimately I think it will decide the fight. If he goes to his back and he decides this is okay, I'm going to look for arm bars, I'm going to look for submissions and stuff, he's going to lose this fight. He's going to lose it by decision. If 
he decides to try to get up, I think there's a good chance that he does enough. Whether or not it tires him out and he winds up losing later rounds or stuff like that, I think that remains to be seen. But ultimately, I think if he does that, it, it favors him. So when you're logging your prediction on this one, that's what to keep in mind. And for that reason, I'm actually going to go with Jason Witt. I think Roe concedes enough takedowns here and either tires himself out or just is okay with where he is. So I'm going to take Jason Witt by a grueling decision. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back with round number three. Alright guys, the last thing that I really love about the All-Star app is their news feed. If you're the type of person who gets your sports news from social media, you gotta stop doing that and start reading the All-Star app because they use a proprietary algorithm that only brings you the highest quality sports news, plus you can personalize your feed so you only get the news that you care about and you get it in one nice, neat little spot. So if that's something you like, and I think it is, you should go download the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store or the App Store or by visiting the theallstar.io. All right, and we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Alexis Davis versus Julia Stoliorenko. So Davis is actually one in four in the UFC over her last five fights. A really rough stretch for Davis. And the lone win was over Sabina Mazzo by decision. And of course, Sabina Mazzo is a flyweight. Uh, now, granted, Alexis Davis fought down at flyweight too, but... She's not really beaten a single Bantamweight. She beat one flyweight at Bantamweight over that that stretch. So it's been a really ugly path for her. Her most recent loss was a loss to Peony Kianzad back in June. That was uh, by decision. Stolia Renko, meanwhile, ain't been good for her either. She's 0-3 in the UFC, 0-2 in this current stint. Of course, she was on the Ultimate Fighter. She got like a finale fight show against Leah Letson, which she lost. Um, she disappeared, went to Invicta, went some other places, comes back to the UFC. She's lost two straight since then. Now, granted, they are to Yana Kunitskaya and Julia Avila, the latter of which was back in June. So the the big question here is like, what is Julia Stoliarenko? Is she worth being in the UFC? And is Alexis Davis like completely spent? Is this the, still the same Alexis Davis we, you know, thought pretty highly of at one point in time in her career? Or is she kind of past that, you know? Is it a higher level of competition? What What is the problem with, with Alexis Davis? And, and for me, it seems sort of like she's uh, out of her physical prime in the way that, like, it's tough for a wrestler to rebound because she's never been the flashiest striker. She's never been the best striker. And she's really only beating people who she can repeatedly take down and hold down. You know, so see the Sabina Mazo fight. Like, that's pretty much what she did for the entirety of that fight. So... You know, I, I lose a lot of faith in her against people who I think can keep their feet. And I actually think Julia Stolyarenko can, despite the fact that her loss recently to Julia Avila saw her get taken down and choked out. You know, Julia Avila, very physically strong. She's good in takedowns in her own right. I think Alexis Davis is going to have trouble taking Stolyarenko down. And in addition to that, if you are, you know, a betting type and you're looking for a, a live line here, Stolyarenko, huge underdog, like plus 185 on this one. So if you like her and you think that in this case, you know, you're fading Alexis Davis, maybe a little more than you're fading Stolyarenko, or maybe you think she's just gotten bad matchups. I mean, Yana Kunitskaya and Julia Avila are both beasts, so... I like this one. I think it definitely goes to decision ultimately, but I'm going to take Stolyarenko uh, in the grind and on the feet. 
And that brings us to our very last fight, the seventh fight of these prelims, which is Malcolm Gordon versus Denis Bondar. So Gordon lost his first two fights in the UFC, got a third fight, and he gets paired with Davison Figueredo's little brother, Francisco, and actually wins that bout by decision back in July. Uh, Bondar, meanwhile, has been booked for his UFC debut like four or five times. If he, he makes it to the scale uh, tomorrow and you know weighs in and everything goes well, it'll be a miracle because this guy has been slated for his debut for quite a while. Like I said, he's 16-3. and He last fought in August of 2020. Um, he's pulled out of some of the fights. There's been complications for some other ones. Um, but he's from, he comes from M1, which is a pretty damn impressive promotion. So, like, if you're you're looking for Bondar and you're looking for a little insight on him, obviously the layoff throws a huge wrench into that. But if you're the type of person who likes to go watch film, luckily the promotions he's fought in give you a lot of opportunities to see what this dude looks like. And what this dude looks like is a suffocating wrestler and a, a relentless wrestler, too. That's the other thing I really like about him is it's not just like, oh, that's a failed attempt. I got him up against the cage. We'll stall here for a little while until I can break. He changed shit together extremely well. He does an excellent job of doing that. So, you know, I, I really like the way that he wrestles. Now, now we got to talk about Malcolm Gordon, which is he, he seems like he's mostly just a grappler, right? Like he's got some good jujitsu. He did take Francisco Figueredo down a couple of times and, and didn't look bad on the feet in that fight, but Figueredo looked like he tired kind of way too easily. So the question just being then is, is Malcolm Gordon good enough to hang with Bondar on the ground? He might be, but I also don't think he's going to get to choose when it goes there. Like I, I think Bondar gets to choose when the fight goes to the ground and that's bad news for Malcolm Gordon. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going with Bondar. I think he probably just picks up a decision win. It's always kind of safe to take the decision in the flyweight division. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Dennis Bondar by decision. And that's going to do it with round number three. I gave you guys seven fights in about 20 minutes. So I hope you guys learned something. I hope you enjoyed the breakdown of these prelims. And we'll be back next week with an actual co-host. So if you hate hearing the sound of my voice, you'll get to hear it about 50% less next week. In the meantime, make sure that you download the all-star app you can go to the all-star.io to do that and also make sure you follow me on twitter at gumby and until next time take care